Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you, foodies? Got a great one for you today. Another first cut episode, but first, I gotta let you know, it has been two years. Yes, two years since I started Foodie Films. So... Happy birthday to Foodie Films, I won't continue to sing this song. I can't believe it's been two years since our first episode dropped. That was Julie and Julia. Oh, the humble beginnings of just covering Foodie Films and then little things here and there. What I had my short sessions, I did some videos, but I feel like we're in a good groove right now with the whole movie and then first cut episodes. It's just so much fun. It's great having all you foodies listening and interacting on social media. I love you guys sharing what you're eating and you know what what movies you enjoy, your favorite food scenes from non-food centric movies. It's just a blast. I'm having such a great time making this podcast and interacting with you guys. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And, uh, well, hey, like I said, we got a first cut episode today. I'm joined by the hilarious comedian, Carmen Lynch. I saw her on a bunch of late night shows and I follow her on social media as I'm sure all of you will after this episode. You need to check out all of her great videos on Instagram, listen to her specials, buy her album. This was just such a such a great time talking with her. I trusted my gut instinct in having a conversation with her, and I did not regret it. So here we go, me talking with Carmen. Carmen, thank you so much for coming on to Foodie Films. I've been I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for having me. I love food, so this is perfect. <laughs> I th- okay, you made the cut. Let's get into it. Let introduce yourself for the foodies out there, who you are, what you're doing. I am a comedian. I work in New York City. Well, I'm based in New York City. I work all I used to work when there was no coronavirus. Um, so, and I, I do the road a lot. I've been on a lot of late night TV. I do stand up in Spanish too. 
and I make a lot of silly videos and I love food. And I think you found me from one of my ridiculous videos, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, <laughs> I, I mean, I love so many of your bits and you're, you've already, like you said, you've been on some late night shows. I mean, Conan is one of my idols. I am not a comedian or I don't even know if I'm considered a funny person, but <laughs> I, he is just one of my biggest influences. Uh, He's great. Yeah. I just, I've, I saw you on those shows. I started following you on Instagram and I'm like, she just seems like a delightful person that I would love to talk with and yeah. And just talk food with you seem like you like food. So that's perfect. Well, it's funny. Cause when you first reached out through Instagram, I thought I had to be like an actual foodie where <laughs> I knew I, what I was talking about. And then I was like, well, maybe he just knows that I like food and it doesn't matter. I don't have to be like an expert. <laughs> no, I, that's the, I think that's the beautiful thing. I, I remember first I don't remember exactly when, but hearing the word foodie, and I'm like, ah, like, do we need like a specific label towards something and not being a fan of it? But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, I'm not like, I'm not a professional. Like, I, I don't work in food. I just I love food. I most of my traveling is food centric. Uh, (laughs) like that's pretty much like and then even when I was when I was traveling all my pictures weren't of me in front of the Eiffel Tower is me eating a croque monsieur or something like that (laughs) so everyone was just like yeah you should just have a foodie based Instagram and then I was like oh let me do this podcast too because I love talking food I love talking movies and I love talking with people that love food so here we are are you very tall um no I'm like Five ten, five eleven. Okay, on a that's day. tall. That's pretty tall. I think tall people. I'm six feet, and I think tall people just really like food because we just need it more than petite people. <laughs> you know, we have we, to we, <laughs> we have to feed every part of ourselves. You know, we crave sustenance. Of course. That's the... <laughs> what uh, what were you eating growing up? Who was cooking? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Spain. We moved, uh, we left America when I was three and stayed there until I was eight. So from three to eight, we ate a lot of Spanish food. My aunts and uncle, my mom's from Spain. So a lot of her family cooks a lot. And, you know, we ate a lot of seafood and a lot of meat, um, a lot of vegetables. Um, I drank a lot of Coke, which is surprising because they cared about me, but they guess they were like, you can have Coke. You know, you would think that my <laughs> my mom was like, drink milk. Cause my mom was a nurse. But, you know, and on the Spanish side, they were like, we had Coke and Fanta and sodas all the time. Like, I'm surprised it didn't stunt my growth because I had so much just bad soda growing up. Uh, growing up, I, I went to this day camp that it's the silliest idea ever. I think it was only it was a camp that ran from nine in the morning till noon. I don't know what kind of break that gave parents. <laughs> it was just like, it was like a sports camp or like whatever, you know, you did arts and crafts, but it was only for three hours. I really don't know why it existed. But at so mid of, I don't even, I shouldn't say midday, mid of those three hours. So at 1030, they had a soda break for, you know, kids so like funny. six to 12. And it was like the local supermarket brand sodas. And kids just went crazy. I remember, like, all of a sudden when it when you heard, like, the bell or whistle or whatever it was, you would sprint because everyone wanted either, like, cream soda or yeah. root beer or grape or orange. That was... It's my so my favorites were always cream soda and orange. 
Yeah, it's so funny. Like those foods are so bad for you now, but I remember being so thirsty just playing in the sun in Spain mm-hmm. and drinking Coke like it was water, you know. <laughs> and and now you look at it and it's like, oh, it has you know, what uh, whatever that sugar is called. I forget. Um, some long chemical yeah. word that's so bad for you. High, co- high fructose oh, corn syrup. Yeah, exactly. You know, or like the four food groups. I remember in, in school learning about four, three, two, two. I think it was four, three, two, two. It was like four uh, servings of bread, three of meat and two of milk or whatever it was. And now bread is like, there's no nutritional value in bread. <laughs> But we love it. Bread is like... But we love bread. Yeah, just give me bread and butter. And that's... Oh, my God. As long as the butter is healthy, who cares, right? (laughs) Yeah, but even... I mean, I'm part Irish. I want that, like, good Irish butter that's, like, as yellow as a school bus. Yes. Where in Spain were you growing up? I grew up in Rhoda, which is near Seville. It's... um, And then then we lived a few more years in Madrid. Awesome. So I grew up like really being used to eating anything. Like at this point, I will eat pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I mean, when you grow up eating uh, squid and octopus and, you know, my mom like loves pig's feet and, you know, <laughs> intestines of a of a bull or whatever, like you just grow up eating whatever. I mean, some of that stuff I I I don't eat because I it just grosses me out. But but usually I'm not really that disgusted about anything. I I love Spain. I've been three times. Uh, the I I really didn't travel like internationally until about five years ago, and I did this trip that was like five weeks, and I did I think like fourteen cities. You know, just the very cliche ones of Paris and Amsterdam and Berlin and. Vienna, Prague. That's great. Yeah. And then I got to Spain and I did Barcelona, Sevilla, and Madrid. And I loved all of them. I couldn't, I mean, I loved each of them for their own reasons. Yeah. Uh, But my following trip, I did all of like Costa de Sol because I was like, I think I would have loved Seville the most if it was on the water. I love Seville. Like, I, it's such a romantic city. Yeah. And uh, they make their own wine. They have all these, you know, flamenco dancing. And back when I was a kid, bullfighting was huge, you know. So it had a lot of of culture. Now things are a little bit more, you know, calm mm-hmm. just because that's just not something they do or do as often. But, you know, back then, I remember we, we would just have little flamenco dresses and we'd just be dancing around the streets with our castanets and... <laughs> and, it, and when i look at photos it's just like a different life you know because i don't remember yeah. it that much and the the best was there's what's the the big bullfighting stadium there and then like next mm-hmm. to next to it was like the best ox sale i ever had and i'm like oh, i wonder <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember Convenient one time location. going going to because you know i would go every every summer i would go back to spain after we moved back to the states you know, my mom wanted to see her family. So we would go back to Spain and hang out for the whole summer. And there were years where we would go see a bullfight. And then like a block away was the butcher, you know, and he was just, <laughs> just 
chopping up that fresh bowl. Yeah, it's like when you pass by a hospital and there's a graveyard right next door. That was, that was <laughs> my, my my mom's a nurse, and that's the, that was always the scariest thing. Like when going to visit her at work, and like my dad would make the joke, like, "Yeah, you know, they just toss them out the window and land right in the grave." It's like, why <laughs> why'd you say that? Why'd you say that to a little kid? But, but you also, you know, think, well, that's convenient. That was smart of them, yeah. of them to put those together. I appreciate efficiency. Exactly. <laughs> no need for a hearse. But that's that's great that you're eating all those things at a young age. I, you know, so my mom is German-Irish. My dad's German-Italian. So, like, when I was, like, little, like... I guess the more exotic meals was like the the Italian meals that my grandmother, that my father's mother was cooking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then like once we started, you know, eating Chinese food or um, even, you know, like going to an Italian restaurant and having, uh, you know, squid or, you know, I guess for the most part, it was always like fried calamari. I, I remember being at my grandmother's 70th birthday party and my sister and I love calamari, but we had a cousin that was like, what is that? And we're like, just eat it. And she tried and she's like, oh, this is great. But what is it? And we're like, fried squid. And she's like, ugh. I'm like, well, but you said you liked it already. And now you're spitting it out because you found out it was squid. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, people who try it, a lot of people who try it at an older age don't acquire the taste. They'll be like, it's rubbery. And then they just can't get that out of their heads. Mm-hmm. That calamari is rubbery. Um, you know, but when you're a kid, you kind of like, you'll eat, and some, sometimes you'll eat anything. But I remember one time my parents were like, try this. And I, and I was like, what is it? And they're like, just try it. And I tried it and I was like, what is that? And they were like, cow's tongue. And I think it's <laughs> because I knew where the tongue was that I was uh-huh. so grossed out. Like if it had been like some random fish in the sea, you know, I would yeah, have been fine. Yeah. But I'm like, that's a tongue. I have one of those. Yeah, exactly. I have one of those. I don't want like, yeah, that's weird that I'm eating a tongue and using my tongue. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Textures are a big thing. I feel like like if you can get over it when you're a kid, that makes it much easier and better for when you're an adult. But yeah. I, but I have friends now that they're like, oh, I don't want to try that. And I just, I'm like, I have a, a niece that's about to be two years old. And she, I mean, she seems to enjoy most of the food she eats. But like, I talk to them, like I would talk to her, like, it's okay. Just try it. If you don't even like it, you can spit it out. It's fine. Just try it to try it. Like, it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Give her some cow's tongue and see what, how she reacts. <laughs> yeah. Some people, I have a friend who didn't try eggs until she was in her thirties, which I... Some part of me doesn't believe her that she's never had an egg, but she was like, we just didn't eat eggs growing up. And I'm like, but that's such a basic thing. Yeah. And you definitely, and she's had to have had something that has had egg in it. Like, yeah, but I think she meant more like a fried egg or something, but she said that, and it's not like she was raised in the woods or something, you know, she had a real house with a real kitchen and a Mm -hmm. real real parents but yeah some people just they've never tried the basic stuff and then i my same friend she likes maybe this is why because she barely ate anything out of the box but she um she always liked everything plain you know like a a hamburger would have nothing on it and i'm like how can you eat a burger nothing on not even tomato or lettuce or anything like it's so dry just a patty you know? on a bun that's yeah, it I'm just ah. like, i can't even watch you eat that i'm so bored with it 
Yeah. I mean, eggs are really weird if you take the time to think about it. It's a very, it's an odd thing. It is very weird. Like the first person, they say the first person to eat like an oyster must have been a brave person. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, I guess this could go for the the idea of eating an egg as well. But like, I'm sure someone saw like an otter eating an oyster and went like, oh, if that can eat that, I'll I'll try that. Yeah, I'm reading. A, <laughs> actually, coincidentally, I'm reading a book now called How to Eat. Have you ever read it? No, I haven't. It's called How to Eat, and it talks about, um, you know, what's healthy. Like, is meat healthy? Is is dairy healthy? And all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about how how milk is not all that important. It's not essential, like the way they thought it was years ago. Yeah. And that basically everything is balanced. So is milk good for you? Well, are you drinking soda? Then yes, milk is good for you because then you won't <laughs> drink soda. But, you know, if you're eating avocados and walnuts and, and quinoa all day, is milk going to help you? Not really because you're already getting a lot of nutrition. But but one of the things it said is that, you know, how did we end up going out and trying goat's milk yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever other animal. And it was, apparently it was a need of, it was a desperation. Like someone was out of cow's milk and said, well, look, there's a goat. Let's see if he's got milk, which is <laughs> just, always, weird just thing, the great beginning it? to any story. Oh, there's a goat. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, man, I don't, does it have to be some desperation where they're like, we need milk. Oh, look over there. There's a goat. <laughs> And then Let's from there, yeah, exactly. And then from there, we get you know expensive goat cheeses. So yeah, figure. exactly. <laughs> it's a f- funny way the world works. So when when did you move back to the states? I moved back to the states when I was eight okay. years old. So I spoke mostly Spanish at the time, but I knew English, you know, just from speaking um, in school. The, uh, the mm-hmm. school was both English and Spanish and stuff. But, you know, uh, I remember, like, some of the things that popped out were just how many commercials Americans had on TV. Yeah. You know, because um, there were commercial breaks every second, you know, back then. It's not like now where you can watch Netflix. But and I remember every commercial was just so colorful. It was like Kool-Aid and that giant Kool-Aid would jump out through the wall. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid's here. Like, he was just. Yeah. And everything was just about food. And it was just there's so much so many fun things to try and then i would go back to spain to see my relatives and we would bring back all this just disgusting which was delicious <laughs> american <laughs> shit with sugar in it like jello and and yeah. duncan hines paste you know cake and icing and all that and uh and they loved it cuz that's all we had <laughs> yeah that was the that's the culinary contributions America was like bringing at <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah, no, even to this day, my sister lives in Spain, and uh, and she when I when I go visit her, she goes, "Will you bring me Fruit Loops?" And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> of all the things I could bring you, she always wants Fruit Loops and People Magazine." <laughs> they don't. They don't have People Magazine there. I mean, they well, they have, have online people, but okay, she likes yeah, but, yeah. she likes to hold it like in the old days, you know. Yeah. Like if, if like when David Bowie died and he was on the cover, she's like, will you just bring me that Newsweek with David Bowie on the cover? She just, she clearly misses America. I think I'm a few years older than you, but um, the nineties were just such a great time for like kids snacks. Like it was just 
like Pop Secret. I remember there was always that commercial. Talking, oh, yeah. Talk about color. It was like a fake game show and you had to guess what color it was going to be. Oh, uh, I don't remember that, but I remember Pop Secret, the popcorn, right? Yeah. And then there, yeah. I think it was, that was, I mean, maybe it was a different kind of popcorn, but there, yeah, there was a popcorn that you just never knew. There was no taste difference, but like you would get pink popcorn or blue popcorn when you, you know, when you put it in the microwave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. That was such a big deal to watch it in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> to watch it pop. And then like pop tarts, like that's another thing that. Is just so delicious, but clearly has no nutritional value. <laughs> yeah, pop tarts, fruit, fruit by the foot, fruit roll ups, dunkaroos, fruit roll ups, gush, yeah, gushers. Just some of them are crazy. And then, I mean, when it came to cereal, it's funny that your sister just wants Fruit Loops. I was in a supermarket recently, and I, I just, I went down. I was like, oh, I haven't had cereal in a while, and I was just looking in the aisle, and now they have like Twinkie cereal. Like, Ew. yeah it's like things like that that like I, I thought that we got to a certain point when they released like the reese's cereal oh where they were like done with that like yeah. that's just not good for you because even the ones that look good for you now like the it'll say like wheat and oats and whatever like half of those are, are really not that good for you either. <laughs> so where did you guys move when you came back here we moved to virginia okay and I stayed there pretty much until after college. What was it like growing up there? I mean, it was totally different, obviously. Like in Madrid, we were living in the middle of the city. and uh, But I didn't mind the burbs. You know, I liked that we lived with trees. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just a different... It's it's funny. It's, it was such a different world. Like everyone in America felt like... It always felt like everyone had a dog. <laughs> You know, and and back then in Madrid, in the city, you just didn't see a lot of now it's just different. But like, you know, it was a very American thing to have a dog in the house, which my mom was disgusted. Like she was like, oh, my God, we have to go to so and so's house for dinner. They have a dog in the house. (laughs) Like, I think that's normal here. (laughs) Yeah, I have a friend that um, whose extended family lives in michigan on a farm on a dairy farm and my friend has a dog and she was going out there i think for this past christmas and she didn't know how to explain to her family like no my dog is an inside dog because all of their dogs live outside with the other farm animals like live in the barn or sleep on the porch yeah and she just had no she like when and then once she got there they're like uh why is your dog coming inside like that's not what they do dogs live outside like that's i don't know when it changed but i mean growing up and watching cartoons i mean definitely like looney tunes which i know were older at that point but like doghouse like you know you're told you're going in the doghouse i mean you're going yeah outside, you know? like that's was, true and everyone had a little house outside yeah for the dog is is the is there a food scene in virginia like is there a you know like i mean obviously you go to texas and there's something specific louisiana even in New York with pizza and bagels? Um, not really. I mean, we lived um, near D.C., but not um, so northern Virginia. But we didn't have like there were f- people who had farms, but they were maybe like 10 miles out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have any kind of food staple that I can think of. We we would go out every once in a while for dinner. But um, but mostly my mom cooked at home. So if if we ordered in or if we went out for dinner, it was a big deal. 
you know, like even if it was Chinese food, you know, or pizza night, Domino's pizza, like yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're getting Domino's pizza. Oh my God. Like it was such oh, a big Domino's deal. and Pizza Hut. Like talk about again, yeah. two two more like just I don't just really I feel like they peaked in the I, I remember being in Florida at my grandparents and finding out like I think Florida was the first Pizza Hut to be doing stuffed crust. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Domino's and Pizza Hut is just, you know, like to me, that's not pizza. That's just like its own no. category. Totally. Like you don't even know it's not pizza until you've had like New York pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you know, yeah, when I was a kid, I, I had no idea. But now, like any, pretty much any place in New York City, not any place, but there's a lot of places where you would think, eh, I don't know if they can make pizza. They make amazing pizza. Like there's one here in Queens. <laughs> And I'm like, I love this place, you know, and it's not a famous place to eat. It's just really good. It's hard. Yeah, it. it you have to try hard to find a bad slice in New York, I feel like. But then I, I remember I'd go to Spain and my sister would be like, let's get pizza. And I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> why don't we just get paella? Because let's just stick to what we know. <laughs> You know, because if you go to Spain, then they, they start putting like calamari and weird things on pizza. And it's just, I don't know. It just, I can't. Yes. I'm like, let's just go to get seafood. Yeah. Stuff that's probably popular now, like with Neapolitan pizza being like the big fancy kind of pizza that people are raving about these days, I feel like. Yeah. When did you go like, I think I want to be a comedian. That was an accident. Um, I was living in New York pursuing acting and I went to see a stand-up comedy show and I was fascinated. I, I still didn't think I was going to do it, but I was like very curious about it. Uh-huh. Um, I loved the fact that they could just get up and just say whatever they wanted and then leave. Yeah. Where Whereas like with acting, you know, you have a director and then you have to you know, be, you have to actually be picked, you know, you have to audition and get selected. So it just seemed like stand up was really just kind of your own one person show kind of thing. And I was very interested in that. So I took a class and, uh, and that, then I knew when I took the class, I went on stage and I was like this, I've never felt anything feel this right. Like I was suddenly glad for all the jobs that never hired me. Because there there were many. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I don't feel so lost anymore. And then I just kept doing it. I mean, I honestly thought I moved to New York just to, you know, try it out. I never, ever thought that I'd still be here doing stand up because it was just, I just fell into it. How long have you been in New York now? God, I mean, since 9 11, since right before 9 11. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's been a while. And I, I can't imagine leaving either because I, I mean, right now it feels like it's just all such a mess and there's no stand up. But, um, but, you know, it really does have everything. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I've only been in the city twice since this all started. And I kind of like once was uh, in the beginning. And I mean, I took it seriously, but I just I took a uh, a ferry over from Jersey City and then just walked around and it was i mean it was a ghost town because it was i think like you know not even a month into it yeah uh but i just i just 
kind of wanted to, like I said to myself, I think I'll, re- you know, I mean, I was seeing pictures and video from the news, but I'm like, I kind of want to just go in and walk around and experience it for myself because it's just such a momentous and sad moment in our history. And to see, you know, arguably the most important city in the world, just a ghost town was really eerie and humbling and a bunch of weird feelings. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to see Times Square empty. And that was, you nice. know, it, that was, it was, yeah, it was very peaceful. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's not that I hated Times Square. I just hated all the tourists, you know, because Times Square is actually not bad when it's empty. Yeah. I don't do all the people dead stopping right in front of me. I just, that's like, you know, to take a picture of. Oh whatever. yeah. Or looking up or holding hands with their little child. <laughs> uh, so what have you been doing during this because i mean i'm a freelance videographer i've had very little to you know next to no work um what have you been doing what have you been discovering about the industry right now well it's uh basically it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. i mean there's i've still been writing and i've been doing some shows via zoom and there are a couple shows here and there um that are happening they're just outdoors um i'm doing my first real show in since march uh, on thursday oh wow okay and that's you know near where i live and it's outside and you know i think they provide a microphone so it's it's just there's just a new normal out there for everything including comedy and that's just going to be weird but um i guess the rest of the time i've just you know i've had to kind of calm myself down because it's it's weird to have so much free time and then try and figure out, well, what do you want to do Yeah, with all this free time? And, uh, and you know, it's, it's like, I've, I've been trying things that I haven't done very much. Like I've been doing yoga and meditating, which is, which I found that it's been very rewarding. Oh, that's great. Um, and I never really read that. I, I used to read like crazy. And then with doing the road, you know, I would just read on my phone or whatever. And now I'm just pulling out books that I haven't even touched <laughs> that I bought. And uh, I'm watching The Wire. I've never seen The Wire. It's oh, great. <laughs> awesome. What, what, what season are you on? I ju- we just finished season one. Where's Wallace? Um, Where's Wallace? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy this time. More than because I think at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot of pressure I put on myself to like write a book or a screenplay or do something productive so that when this is over, you'll have something to show for it, you know? Yeah, no, that's I mean, this is my this is my creative outlet. This has been the thing that's been keeping me sane and going a little bit. But at the same time, I'm like, boy, I've been unemployed for practically, you know, like four months now. I'm like, I should have started I don't know, learning another language or something. I'm like, yeah, oh, I already exactly. squandered. Like I'm, I was depressed about the, uh, about the pandemic, but now I'm depressed about wasting the pandemic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a, and it's I, cycle. same. I, uh, well, I started a podcast with my boyfriend called the human centipod. And at first, when we were first quarantined, we were with his family in Connecticut and there were eight of us in a house. Wow. And uh, the only place we could really escape to just kind of find some privacy was in his mother's car. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we would just go out to the car and at some point we were like, let's start a podcast. So we've been doing that. We're continuing it here now from home. Um, and then I, the last weekend I did the road, which was, I think at the very end of February, the Corona had already been, um, you know, they had already known about it or whatever, but I recorded that weekend. It was in, in Bloomington, Indiana at the comedy attic. Mm-hmm. And I recorded that and I put that in as an album. So that album vertically obese is out. So I do feel like I've had a couple things to just keep my comedy career kind of going. Yeah. Um, and now I'm basically just trying to think of the next thing I want to do. Cause it seems like this COVID thing isn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name of that album. That's such a great title. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of fun. I mean, anyone that's, seen your stand up i feel like i mean i've seen the uh the little bit on your instagram i can't wait to listen to it it's basically i do a joke that i say um you know i'm six feet tall Mm -hmm. and then i say oh you can't say tall anymore it's offensive (laughs) i am vertically obese And that's I did that joke on Fallon on the Tonight Show in January. And uh, and then when I came up with the album, I was like, you know what? I think that might be a good name for a, an album. Yeah. Um, so then I released the album last month. And then I've had a couple people say, like, I had no idea that you couldn't say tall anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's a joke. <laughs> it it's just everything is so offensive now it was a joke on that and they were like oh okay yeah they're definitely i mean not to get political or anything like that but when it comes to comedy do do you feel also when it like when it comes to social media someone i had on recently she said if you don't like what i'm posting you can unfollow like so if someone you know if they know your comedy and they like it they don't have to listen to it like where where do you stand in that spectrum yeah it's 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 sad that we are like that now because I feel like it's more social media than it is the live stage. Yeah. You know, I feel like I can still say stuff on stage and people know it's a joke, but when you see it written and it almost has this like permanent value on Twitter, um, and then people start to make remark and say stuff, negative stuff about it. And probably more so now because, you know, they are bored because there's, a quarantine going on and there's COVID and they don't have a job. And then, you know, I've had a couple of things where I'm like, this is a joke. And now I'm afraid that it's going to blow up in my face for no reason. And now mm-hmm. I feel like I have to delete it, you know? And it's not necessarily that it was anything bad. It's just that I don't want to deal with people's bullshit. Um, and I rather just not, yeah, and you know? some of the stuff. I mean, it's you're you're at a you're at a club and you're working out material, right? For like for an eventual special, and so you don't know exactly like the joke at that point still might be a little raw, and you're figuring it out. And someone hears that version, and she's like, "Well, let's, listen, like it's just you know you're just you're just practicing at that moment." Yeah, and I mean, especially if 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 someone is mad at something that happened to you. You know, like mm-hmm. when I first started, I had a lot of jokes about having scoliosis and wearing a back brace. And this woman got so mad at me in the middle of my set, you know, that I was making fun of people with scoliosis. And I was like, 
lady, I'm talking about my experience, you know? Yeah. And it makes me feel good that I can joke around about it. And other people are laughing. And I've actually had people come up to me and say, thank you for making it sound like it wasn't such a big deal. My niece has it or my daughter has it or whatever. And it's, you know, it's really, if, if you don't want to hear jokes, then don't come to a show. Yeah. Like, it, not not everyone's going to be, I think, every, I mean, just the amount of people thinking like, oh, we're all, we should all be on the same page. Well, you should be on the same page as me. And it's just like, well, how does that sound? How does that sound right to you? That's just like, if you don't like what, I, you know, my thoughts, then you're wrong. Like, that's just what people are putting on one another these days, right? Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it goes back to whoever said it first. I don't know if it was Jerry Seinfeld or it was probably someone way before him. Like, I don't come to your job and criticize you. So, you know, don't do it to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to work at a deli and I hated people like looking over the counter while I was making the sandwich. I'm like, you just requested the sandwich. Like, don't don't watch me make your sandwich. That's <laughs> it started getting pretty self-conscious. And I'm just like, yeah. You came in here and you want me to make you a sandwich? I'll make you a sandwich. But I mean, in general, I think the positive is just outweighs the be- the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really fun and liberating. And most people are cool. I think the haters usually tend to be online. Yeah, just a lot of trolls out there that, I mean, yeah. during this, I feel like we almost like, it was the good and the bad was amplified because then people just had so much time. So if they were already trolling, they were going to troll more or people actually started. I I felt like for a second, people were using social media to be social again, not just, yeah, not just liking and commenting, but actually like just seeing the chefs out there that were like, Oh, I can't cook right now. Well, I'm going to at least share my talent and, you know, get it out there for people to see. Yeah. And definitely see that with comedians as well doing, uh, like you said, you've done some Zooms and everything like that. Who are some of your comedic inspirations? Um, well, I growing up, um, the, I never really had access or never really watched any stand-up. But, um, but I always watched reruns of like old TV shows like The Carol Burnett Show mm-hmm. and... Um, I love Lucy. Like they were so silly and just, and even, you know, I'd watch like reruns of like three's company. Yeah. And oh, just anything so good. silly like that. Just, I loved it. And then of course, SNL, I watched a bunch, but, um, but I would say I really didn't get into watching stand up comedians until I started doing it. And David gotcha. tell has always been really kind of one of my favorites, Mitch Hedberg. Mm -hmm. It's another one that um, he was probably one of the first comics I saw on Comedy Central. Um, Jessica Kirsten is, you know, a lot of these comics in New York, you know, not everyone may know them, but there's just so many talented comedians that just haven't blown up on a like universal level yet. Yeah, I've seen David Tell so many times at the cellar. Like that was Oh good, just, yeah. Yeah. That's and great. that was I mean, in my early twenties, that was when I was doing a lot of gigs in New York and uh, you know, I still lived in Jersey and so I'd be driving back from Brooklyn and I'm like, Oh, let me just like catch the you know, a late show 
at the cellar. It's like, you can't do that anymore, you know, or at least no. obviously pre, pre-COVID, you couldn't. It was just getting, it's crazy how popular it's gotten, that, that, they've, that they've even expanded onto, what is that, West on West 3rd or whatever? Yeah, the Village Underground yeah. and the Fat Black Pussycat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they're constantly sold out. Um, and then, of course, they had a, a TV show, so that really kind of make them blow up even more. Mm-hmm. So, Do you, I mean, and obviously it can be in around the country, but even in New York, do you have like a favorite spot to do stand-up? Well, in New York, it definitely would be the cellar just because there's such a mishmash of tourists and locals, and you really get a good point of view of what your your jokes you know how Mm. if they work or not but on the road there's a ton i mean acme in minneapolis is a great comedy club um any of the big cities i don't really do the south as much as the north um it just depends on where i go i mean it's not by choice i mean i've done like florida and they, they were fun as well but um, I've done more international stuff in the last five years, and um, London is just so amazing. The audience oh, is there. Awesome. They will yeah. go dark with you. They just don't <laughs> care. Uh, same with Scotland. Scotland's got some great rooms. Um, and, uh, and Spain, you know, well, Spain, I mostly do it in Spanish. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that's been really fun, too. That's awesome. Do you find, like, obviously you might have to tell some different jokes abroad, but, like, translating into Spanish, or you do you get a little stumped every once in a while? Like, how should I? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just the order of the words, and it's, you know, I'm fluent, but I just don't speak it all the time. So mm-hmm. so sometimes it's it's um, it comes out in a way that I didn't expect, because I don't, like, rewrite everything. Mm-hmm. before i say it i just kind of hope that it comes out right um and then sometimes it just comes out funny <laughs> it's not even because of the joke it's just how i say it which is fine i'll take the laugh if that's funny to them that's fine um but it's uh yeah it's it's a new challenge which is it's been fun because i mean stand-up comedy is already challenging as it is but it it almost feels like you're starting over when you do it in a new language, but you have all this experience in your head, you know, all mm-hmm. this practice, but you have to say it in a completely different way. It's like a puzzle. Do you have any advice for any young comedians out there? I mean, obviously it's a specific Don't time. Don't do it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's going to be slow for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's always funny when I hear about stand-up classes right now. I'm like, uh, maybe you should try taking a different kind of class. <laughs> um, I mean, if if stand-up were happening right now on a regular basis, I would say just get yourself out there mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, but during this time, I think it's just write, writing is is really helpful. I mean, it, you just have to keep those creative juices flowing. And yeah. uh, I'm sure this happens to a lot of creative people. But, you know, if you don't, I, I, if I don't feel like I did something creative, I just start to feel like 
all clogged up and I get moody and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I miss traveling. I miss going out to the clubs. So, you know, I, I try to get that same energy out through, um, you know, working out or going for a bike ride or painting. Yeah. It's definitely like, yeah. Or make or writing or doing a podcast. Like you said, you know, it helps definitely just have to find some kind of creative outlet and i mean that's in general that's what this was you know mm-hmm. like for me because just a lot of my work was becoming just more like talking head inter- interview kind of filming you know environment and i'm like i need to do something creative and so it's definitely good advice well it wouldn't be foodie films if we didn't talk a couple of foodie scenes from some uh, movies and you gave me some of your favorite movies so let's talk a couple of scenes right now um, oh yeah so tootsie that is just a comedy classic <laughs> it is and i just don't get sick of watching it it's been a while but it's i so think funny. some people feel like it hasn't necessarily aged well but i think that's also people that are just going to be offended by simple things these right days, you know that you just have to not that it makes it okay you know being like well it was 19 whatever year 1982 when it came out but it was 1982 when it came out and you had Dustin was Hoffman it that long and ago oh my Pollock gosh and yeah you made this hilarious movie and i just love it because it's showing like i i love moments of specific like times in new york and it's just showing such a you know like a, the early 80s scene in new york and for, for you know from an actor's standpoint and uh i love the Russian tea room scene when he reveals to Sidney Pollock's character for for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I'm oh. Millie Town and I'm awfully lonely. I wondered if you wouldn't mind buying me lunch. Wait, wait, hold on. You can't tell uh, oh. Gregory, this was Stop. Ah. Don't, 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 George, 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 George. It's Michael Dorsey, okay? Your favorite client. How are you? Last time you got me a job, it was a tomato. Oh no, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Swear to God. And you also told me that no one would ever hire me oh, again. Jesus Christ, do you think this is going to make a difference? I got a soap, George. I'm the new woman administrator on Southwest Jingle. You are what? Congratulate me. They almost didn't hire me because they thought I looked too feminine. Something from the bar. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Please, could you get, huh? give me a double vodka right away, please? You know? For the lady. Oh, <clears throat> how about a uh, Dubonnet with a twist? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That's a lovely blouse. Thank you. Welcome. You're not going to get away with this. I got away with it. Look around. Nobody... I don't believe this. Why not? I mean, I believe it. I, 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 I just don't believe that anybody else is going to You want to be it? Don't, don't. George. George. I'm and it's just, I mean, the Russian Tea Room, what a, I mean, staple of a, you know, New York. That's, I mean, that's just a big tourist spot in general. And, uh. I, I Did love they close it. down for a while or something? I think so, and I don't know what their what their standings are right yeah. now. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that place became very popular after that movie. I remember. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, I I only thought it was like for rich people. Like you had to be really really rich to even mm-hmm. get in. I was. <laughs> I just had no idea it just sounded really fancy oh for sure yeah i wonder but i don't think i've ever walked in there i wonder if they ever like after tootsie came out if they were like let's do some drag brunches like they just (laughs) (laughs) yeah like lucky like lucky changs have you ever been there yeah 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 like a lucky changs but for (laughs) but a little more classy (laughs) and just the way i mean everyone's so good in the movie but in that scene the way 
Dustin Hoffman is going between, you know, his voice as a woman and then when he reveals to Sidney Pollack that he's like, he's like, it's Michael Dorsey. And he just has such that deep... <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, I think most of the reason why I love that movie is just because he's just so good in it. Yeah. You know, and there are just so many funny moments with him and Jessica Lange or him and... Oh, yeah. Just um, his roommate. Who was that? Was it Bill Murray? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just... Yeah, that cast right there. Jessica Lange, Bill Murray, Sidney Pollack, Dustin Hoffman. Terry Garr, I think. Terry Garr, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Just, yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched in a while. That's definitely going to be... That'll be a pandemic rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another one you sent me was Splash, which I remember seeing Splash as a little God, I kid. really gave you some oldies. They're great, but they're, they're great yeah. movies. I mean, Tom Hanks, John Candy, Daryl Hannah, just so... So good. That's just so a, funny. It's such a silly like when movie. She, when she's like, What's your name? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> Do you know uh, that with the Disney Plus app, they've blurred out her butt? Oh, really? Yeah. Because, you know, there's like a decent amount of like, I think like back shots of her like jumping into the water. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, they did that. They might have like taken out if there were like guns in the movie or something like that. I don't know. It's getting into a very. Wow. Odd place. But yeah, they blurred. They like, oh, no. You know what they did? They blurred out. They extended her hair. They made Oh, like, to make it longer than To her make butt? it longer. Yeah, to cover her butt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's like the least of their worries right now in, in the world. Is oh. Daryl Hannah's ass. <laughs> I almost said Daryl Hammond. <laughs> like, that, I don't think Daryl Hammond's ass is in that movie. Yeah, I would understand if they wanted to extend Daryl Hammond's hair. but That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but the scene, I love the scene where they're, uh, I don't know if it's their first date, but they go out and they're, they the waiter brings the lobster and she just. Yes choose right into it and i think it just says something she's really hungry just like that early tom hanks in the like bachelor party and yes. just before he got all serious with i guess like philadelphia and saving private ryan yeah i mean the guy can do no wrong but no, yeah, those no. old movies are just so good so good and that must have been such a fun scene to film too oh yeah that and uh, yeah i just i mean and john candy in that movie there's a scene in a bar in the movie where he's just you know he's just like playing this i don't want to say womanizer but definitely like oh yeah where he like drops the coins and then looks at their skirts yeah that's even yeah when they're like little kids and he's doing that on the boat before (laughs) yeah i guess tom hanks falls in yeah yeah uh i miss that man but well last but not least we've got a little round of uh called gut instinct so it's just questions that uh whatever comes to mind first okay Favorite fast food? Fries at McDonald's. Oh, oh, so so good. good. When they're, they're super hot. The best. Yeah, right out of the fryer. Yeah. There's Just, nothing like the fries at McDonald's. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think my mom has said that that was like my first solid food. So I was de- <laughs> I was destined to have a, a, po- a food podcast because my first food was McDonald's french fries. <laughs> Go-to alcoholic beverage. Uh, vodka soda with lime. There you go. 
Do you nice have nice and light and yeah. and crispy and good for the summer? Do you have a do you have a routine like when you're about to do stand up? Like, do you have like a you know like you won't have a drink before, or you do have a drink before to loosen up? I won't have a drink before. I when I first started, I was really nervous, and uh-huh. I, I would have a couple drinks, and that sometimes did not work out for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then it was just a rule. I'm like, if I'm going to be working at bars for the rest of my life, I can't. Yeah. I yeah. can't hold on to alcohol this way. So, um, so a quick early on, I just drank after, you know, and usually if I'm on the road and stuff, I don't really drink until like the last night. And even then I don't even drink that much, mm-hmm. but you know, I try to keep any kind of drinks for the last night. It's just, Do you just um, try to go fancy healthier. and go with a nice Spanish sangria or something. <laughs> you know, I really don't because now, you know, thanks to all these horrible books that I've been reading, <laughs> I just, I, everything I the see worst. Is, is, is sugar, you know, everything's sugar. But it's funny that you said that because yesterday my sister FaceTimed me from Spain and, uh, and I'm like, are you drinking sangria? <laughs> and I got so jealous. I mean, the, the fact that she's just drinking it outside in Spain, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. Ugh. It's drinking in here. I'm like, I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite childhood snack. Um, I loved, I don't know if they still have them, but they had these marshmallow cookies called pinwheels. Do you remember uh, them? Yeah. They were shaped like, like, um, almost like a flower and they were about an inch and a half high mm-hmm. and it, they had this really dark chocolate and gooey marshmallow inside and the very bottom had like a cookie part to it yeah they're kind of like what are those other ones called like malamars kind of but yeah I but i loved pinwheels. pinwheels oh my god and then fudge what are those called fudge stripes the keebler elf Oh, with the like orange cookie on the inside? Oh no, the other no, ones. Just... Oh, the ones that's like a plain cookie but chocolate on the bottom and stripes across it. Stripes across and I would eat those. I remember this so well, like it was yesterday. I would eat the stripes one at a time. Like I would <laughs> I'm so O C D. I would like line up my teeth up to the stripe and then chew on that and then do that for the entire cookie. I don't know why, but it was just my best friend in high school, he, his dad worked for Keebler, so that was dangerous because we would just... Oh, you're so lucky. And he lived like a block away from the high school, so like our free period, we would just go over there and eat so much Keebler treats. Wow. <laughs> that would be my best friend, too. I'd be like, what? Sweet or savory? God, it really just depends on the time of day and in the mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, but my instinct was to go for sweet. Maybe that's just where I am right now, this second. Yeah, I'm just Since we I, talked old, about pinwheels. Yeah. Oh yeah. The older the older I get, I feel like the bigger my sweet tooth is. I just like or like I just need to have not like a big something after a meal, but just like I need that. Just sweetness. a little thing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I just go into the freezer and I just take a spoonful of ice cream. Mm-hmm. I don't even put it in a bowl. I just take one spoonful and then I just close it and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, you're better than me. That's the dangerous part, though, is like I would just then keep going. Sometimes I do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Favorite food city. And you can say in the States and, and internationally as well, if you'd like. Favorite food city. Um, Cleveland has great meat 
Like they wow. have a lot of meats. Um, yeah. And I remember eating some really good stuff there. And Austin does too. Austin has great street meat. Oh yeah. There's um, this one food truck in Austin. It's like Peruvian and it's so uh-huh. good. So good. But my favorite, I would have to say, is always seafood. Like if I'm in um, Boston or I was in Key West last year and uh, we just went to like this, the pier and just got chowder and clams, like anything just on the water, just any seafood place, Um, San Francisco Seattle, I would have to say, oh, that's my favorite to just go get seafood in like a seafood town. Oh, I love a good harbor town. That's just yes. like, so good. I'm going to try to make it up to Portland, Maine this summer, hopefully. And uh, I've never been, so I just. Oh, yeah, I was there, um, gosh, I think in January before all this happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, now I'm like so hungry for seafood. So. <laughs> sounds really good i should give a prerequisite for uh, when uh, having a guest on be like make sure to eat beforehand make sure you eat yeah, yeah. <laughs> favorite cuisine i mean it's i i want to say thai or mexican mm-hmm. so uh, good yeah maybe thai i love thai food guilty That's pleasure what you food. mean right yeah, oh yeah okay. oh yeah no no yeah that's exactly um guilty pleasure i love i i love um chocolate sauce like the kind that you put on ice cream Uh i mean i love to just go all out with the chocolate sauce (laughs) (laughs) anything with like deep dark chocolate like i went to belgium and they just have these these stores with just waterfalls of chocolate sauce you know because they're like a chocolate town yeah, they're known yeah. for their beer and their chocolate, and um, and there's just all these stores, and they'll have like waterfalls of like white chocolate and dark, cho- and I'm like, this is insane! It's driving me crazy. Um, so yeah, any kind of chocolate sauce is like dangerous for me. Yeah, what's that one? There's that one place I'm trying to pull up on my phone right now in uh, in Madrid. That oh, the San. I don't know how to pronounce it. G I N E S. It's that chocolate place. It's like twenty four hours. Oh, I don't know and, it. And it. In Madrid. And it, yeah, and it kind of like they, it looks like a churro, but it's in a really like round. It's just like a very old chocolatier. It's so good. Oh, I don't know. I haven't been to Madrid in a while, so. That's a good chocolate spot. Favorite condiment. <sighs> I mean, I really do love um, ketchup as much as I know it's just all sugar and I get angry about that. I love ketchup and I I love American ketchup. ketchup. Yes. Like Heinz? Yeah. Yeah. Other ones taste weird. I know. Yeah. And like, or when you go to Europe and they have like healthy ketchup, I'm like, yeah, but I don't want that. I want ketchup to be that like way too sugary Heinz yeah yeah no I love I mean if you take those McDonald's fries we were just talking about and dip them in just some delicious Heinz ketchup I mean I'll work out extra just for that (laughs) what's the last thing you ate 
I had a protein bar and some almonds. God, I'm boring. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I need to eat junk food again. Yeah. Well, you can redeem yourself with this question. What would be your last meal? Ah! A, as much as I love seafood, maybe I can do both the surf and turf, but I would yeah. love a big, juicy steak, medium, mm-hmm. borderline medium rare, but mostly medium, just a nice pink, and uh, and a lobster. And um, Would you eat it like Daryl Hannah? Or? Maybe I would because it was my last one. Yeah, if it, as long as it was super buttery, and if the shell was off of it, I would just shove it in my mouth. And then for dessert, some kind of like chocolate mousse, you know, the ones that you Ugh. open and all the liquid comes out. Yeah. And I could just dip some strawberries in there and a nice like latte afterwards. So good. That's almost worth getting executed for. Like just have that last <laughs> meal. I like that also you're going to execute. This could just be like, you know, I don't know. Like you're terminally oh, like ill I'm or something. Dying I don't know. Something yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Uh, dine in or dine out? Dine out. But yeah. I, I, I miss dining out, you know? Yeah. 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 But, uh, I like, I like going out in general, even if it's not happening these days so much. It's just fun to go out. What would be your spirit food? What, what food do you think is similar to you embodies your personality? I would have to say, uh, tomato, because um it's versatile like you can eat it cooked mm-hmm. or raw you can um you know use a what is that called a shredder thing you can just it comes in many different forms like you can have it in some kind of gazpacho where it's like liquid yeah you can have cherry tomatoes versus so i think i think a lot of times i i'm i'm different in and flexible like uh, you know i might be tired and read a book but i might also go be like let's go climb everest you know <laughs> so i think i'm versatile the tomato is very versatile and it, it's i don't want to say i'm simple but i i enjoy simple pleasures mm-hmm. and i think the tomato you can just eat it on its own and it's fine in a world where we get to go to the movie theaters what movie snack are you having Oh, super buttery popcorn. Yeah. So buttery. It's a good one. Yeah. A little bit of salt too, but like, I like that, that horrible butter (laughs) thing, that squirty thing they have. I like to just drown my butter in that. I mean, my popcorn in that. And last but not least, a great, if not the greatest lesson you've learned when it comes to food. Don't, this is, my mom would just jump up and down if she heard me say this because... (laughs) she's constantly telling me that I eat too fast, that uh-huh. I'm in a rush. And I do find that when I just stay in the present moment and just enjoy the food, it tastes so much better. And it just lasts that moment, that delicious moment lasts longer. So I'd say enjoy the food and don't distract yourself with a bunch of other things. Just try to enjoy the meal. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, I gained bad eating habits from like being young and in school where you had X amount of time to eat. And then they're like, well, you can't bring it out like any food onto the playground at recess. So it's like, you got to eat during this time. Yeah. And it just made such like bad, quick eating habits. Cause I, I'm definitely guilty of that too. Just like scarfing down something or cause I don't tend to eat breakfast that often. So it's like, then I get too hungry for my next meal and I don't actually enjoy it. 
Right, so. right. And it's just, yeah. uh, and, and, and especially, you know, we rush in general because we're people and we like to do things and there's a lot of um, things to do. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go do my podcast and then I'm going to go work out. But let me grab this first and let me do that. Let me just take a quick bite. And <laughs> like there's just so much, so many opportunities now that we just like race through them. Exactly. Well, I'm thankful for this opportunity. Thank you so much for making the time and coming on Foodie Films. Oh, yeah, that was really fun. And I can't wait to eat a lobster now. I'm so hungry. <laughs> well, please, right now, uh, tell the foodies out there, like social media wise, and, you know, say your album again, all that good stuff. Uh, my album is called Vertically Obese, and it's available everywhere iTunes, Amazon, wherever. And uh, my all of my social media is at Carmen Comedian. And uh, my podcast is called The Human Centipod, also available everywhere. And that's pretty much it. Please uh, follow me and watch stupid videos that I make. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Carmen. And we have a little catchphrase to end every episode. It's there's more to cut, something my grandmother always says. So if you wouldn't uh, mind reminding the foodies out there that there's more to cut. There's more to cut. Awesome. Thank you. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. Such a sweet thing.